Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The last two games combined against the Jets and the Colts, Mac Jones has been sacked 10 times and been hit 15, 15 times. <laughs> that's, that's not like good. That's, what are you supposed to do? Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. We're going to have to change his nickname to Sack Jones if this keeps, <laughs> if this keeps happening. More play by the quarterback and really just uninspiring play and bad production by the offense in general. It's been a big topic of conversation following this Patriots win over the Colts. We'll be weighing in on that here right off the jump. But first and foremost, it's the Patriots Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my guy, Jordy McElroy. He's the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Jordy, how you feeling this week after another Patriots victory? It's a good way to go into the bye week, isn't it? Man, I'm feeling great, man. Stacking up those wins, you know, back-to-back weeks is great. Bye week coming up, get to kind of kick back a little bit, watch some football without, without a whole lot of Patriots pressure going on. So, yeah, man, good week. Yeah, it, it feels good to get over 500. Uh, it feels good to to stack wins. I agree with you 100%. It is tough to watch sometimes with the Patriots, right? You're watching these games maybe flipping back and forth with the red zone channel a little bit. I was flipping back and forth like the bears dolphins game. That game was crazy plays all over the place. And then you flip back on the Patriots and it's like, Oh man. Okay. So it's like the good news is Jordy, like Sam, the Sam Ellinger is not our quarterback. Like I don't, <laughs> what does that kid do? Does he do anything that makes you think he's an NFL quarterback? Wow. What is going on in Indianapolis? <laughs> Holy crap. We'll get into that. Uh, but the bad news I think right now is that, the Patriots offense, it's just not really good enough, right? It's like the offensive line play isn't good enough. We saw some, you know, different guys in different places on the O-line. What, they got Yadni Kajus at right tackle. That didn't work mm-hmm. out. That didn't really work out any better. Offensive line play, not good enough. Quarterback play, not good enough. That's where I want to start this week. We've really got nothing to hang our hat on besides feeding Ramadre Stevenson, who I, I just love. He's becoming my one of my favorite players on the team. And looking for Jacoby Myers on third down. Like what else does the offense even have to hang their hat on besides Jacoby on third down and Ramadre Stevenson, Jordy, right? It's really getting frustrating to watch them struggle and kick field goals week after week. And, you know, eventually, you know, the defense and special teams are going to be able to bail you out every single time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Ron, you're, you're talking about exciting and not, you know, them not being that exciting, but man, I know you've, I know you've heard the story of the tortoise and the hare, right? The tortoise yeah. wins, right? I read that you to know, my kid all the time. Go ahead. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's slow, but he just keeps chugging along and he wins and, you know, hopefully the Patriots, hopefully they can put it together here at some point, but yeah, man, it's, it's not the most exciting offense to watch. And, you know, it's, this is a multi-layer situation here. You know, it's, it's not it's not one or the other. I actually I had Mac Jones on my um on my losers list this week on my winners and losers article. And you know, is it all Mac Jones's fault? No. Has Mac Jones struggled at times? Yes. Do I think we need to break out the pitchforks and start chanting Bailey Zappy again? Hell no. I mean, we're not there. But you know, it's just I had him in that column because Mac. 
this was his big opportunity, I felt like. This was his opportunity to kind of take the reins of the offense and, you know, kind of shut down all of that QB controversy talk, which, you know, it wasn't a big a big subject of conversation this week, thank goodness. But, you know, at the end of the day, he just – he didn't have a great game, but he, he didn't turn the ball over. And there there's still some issues there. He kind of has a tendency to get stuck on one receiver. You know, he – may not go through his progressions fast enough sometimes. And, you know, those, those, are, those are just a couple things, but obviously it's not all of his fault either. You know, there's there's other issues. You know, there's spacing issues with the receiver routes. You know, there's they need better blocking up front. You know, I, I actually I added this up. In the last two games, the last two games combined against the Jets and the Colts, Mac Jones has been sacked 10 times and been hit 15, 15 times. <laughs> that's, that's not like that's. What are you supposed to do? Like that's absolutely ridiculous. We're going to, have to change his nickname to Sack Jones if this keeps <laughs> if this keeps happening. Uh, but you know, it's just I mean, it's it, it's tough out there for him. But one thing I do like about Mac, and I always have liked about Mac, you know, he's he he's always willing to get back in there. You know, he's he's never he's never down on himself. I always think back to that pops reference from Friday, the movie Friday. You know, you win some, you lose some, but you live to fight another day. Great movie, by the way. But Mac Jones is, you know, he's that guy. You know, even if he loses some, he's still in the fight and he's still trying to make plays out there. And he's very confident that that they're going to figure this stuff out. And, you know, I I feel like they will as well. You brought up Ramondre Stevenson, who's been an incredible player coming out of that backfield. You know, they just got to clean some stuff up, man. Matt Matt Patricia has to get better at the play calling. The defense has to get better. Or, sorry, the offensive front has to get better. And I expect that to happen with, you know, David Andrews' center returning to practice. Um, And that should obviously make help Cole Strange play a little better as well with better communication up front. So, uh, you know, I, I have some expectations that, that they will get better. You might start to kind of see the Mac that we saw from last year, hopefully. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's it's not all on Mac, but the stats are aren't in his favor now. Sack Jones, now I didn't re- that that's some good uh, some good tallying and, and some good <laughs> some good stuff right there. Uh, Sack Jones, but in his two starts against the Jets and the Colts, now obviously these are two decent defenses. Even the Colts have an okay defense, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they were like legit last year. For a while, until yep. they just fell off a cliff, but the that, that was Wagner? yeah, man. They got some players. Uh, it, line, their linebackers are good too. Uh, so not the worst defenses in the world, but the Patriots have only scored two offensive touchdowns. Jordy, they've kicked nine Nick Foles field goals in those two games, <laughs> and one of the touchdowns came this past Sunday against the Colts after Jonathan Jones blocked the punt and the Pats recovered it. Like what at the five or something? So that was an <laughs> yeah. easy one for the Pats, right? So. This is what's concerning me. We're just not we're not scoring touchdowns. We're kicking field goals. And really, when you just look at it, like I'm not breaking down the all 22. I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm, I'll totally admit that. But I just when I'm watching the game, it's just the offense lacks swagger. Right? It's like, where's Max swag? Like last season ended with him in the Pro Bowl doing the gritty. Right. He was doing that thing in the end zone. He doesn't have the swag. So uh, that's my question right now is like, what happened to Mac? Is it, did he, did he lose his mojo like Austin Powers, right? Or is it, is it Patricia and Judge? Have they just sucked the life out of him? Has it been all these changes to the offense? Is he just not, is he missing Josh McDaniels? Uh, You know, because again, you flip around on Saturday, you see Justin Fields making plays all over the, the place, right? You see Zach Wilson 
who I don't like at all, but he's somehow leading the Jets past the Bills. You got to give him credit for that. You see Trevor Lawrence leading a comeback over the Va- over the Vegas Raiders, and then we flip on the on the Patriots game, and here's Nick Folk lining up another field goal. Right, so it's like it's easy for a fan like me to get frustrated watching the game and wonder what the hell has happened to Mac. But you're you're not you're not ready to throw in the towel. It sounds like right. You're you're not. You think that this could turn around. Tortoise in the hair. We're playing the long game here, and you feel like after the bye week we could see a different quarterback. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that's definitely how I'm seeing it. Hey, man, let's go ahead and throw let's go ahead and throw a chain on, on Nick Folk's neck. Get him a get him a little grill there. You know, he I got mean, some swag, right? He's got the most Nick swag Folk's on the team. Been, yeah, yeah, he's been he's been lighting it up lately. But yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously, I mean, it's not all on Mac Jones. You know, the offensive line they've been banged up. Guys have been kind of in and out. At the beginning of the season, I mean, you're trying to install, you know, the the, the new zone blocking schemes. Sorry, the new zone run schemes um, within the offense. There's just a lot going on there. You lose you lose Josh McDaniels, um, and I, I honestly, I still, I think that was huge for Mac Jones. I mean, he still people people tend to forget because he made the Pro Bowl. I don't know. I don't know why people just they tend to forget Matt Jones is still a developing quarterback. I mean, this is this is just his second season in the league. Like he's still learning, he's still growing. He's not he has not hit his ceiling where he's going to be in his career. And Bill Belichick and company, they honestly they didn't do him any favors by not bringing in a legitimate offensive coordinator to come in and you know to help facilitate that growth, to help him learn. You know, to kind of pick up where Josh McDaniels left off, and that's a big void there for the Patriots right now. And obviously, the the Raiders keep playing the way they're playing. Josh McDaniels might be headed back to New England next season, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm just I'm I'm confident as the offensive line gets healthier, and you just you hope Matt Patricia can kind of settle in a little bit, and and you know handle the play call a little bit better. You know, it hasn't been awful every single week, right? I mean, it, there's been some there's been some shining moments here or there. So you're just kind of hoping that more time they can kind of get better with the play calling and the team, can, the offense as a whole can get better. Now, am I expecting them to go out there and, and be lighting it up? No, that's just – that's not what they do. That's not what they're going to do this year. You know, I mean, they, they don't have that, that outside guy, especially at the receiver position still, they can go out and make those sorts of plays for them. You know, you'd hope Tyquan Thornton might develop into that someday. But, you know, you might we might see some flash plays here or there from him. But, but yeah, I do. I have some confidence in the team to get better. Now, the biggest question is, and I won't touch on it yet, we'll get to it at the end of the show, but, you know, you wonder what that, that schedule coming up, that second half for the schedule, man, it's pretty brutal. So, I mean, we'll have to see how things work out there. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and we will get to that. And, and you know, just the AFC East too. Um, it's it's a crazy. You're five and four, and you're in fourth. <laughs> That's that yeah. would not be the case in any other division in football. So it, it is. They are they are in a tough spot if you're rooting for them to make the playoffs this year, which of course we are. Um, you mentioned the offensive line, Jordy, and uh, yeah, you're missing David Andrews, which is you know a major loss. We need that guy. Marcus Cannon was also out in this game against the Colts. I don't know if we mm-hmm. need that guy, but he was out as well. Uh, and Isaiah wins in the doghouse. So you got uh, Yadni Kajust. Hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. I, don't, I never know how to pronounce his name. Yadni, he's playing right tackle. And basically the, they had, you know, Ference at center, Oweno at right guard, and Trent Brown at left tackle playing every snap, those three. And then you had uh, Cole Strange getting benched 
and yeah. Isaiah Wynn coming in at left guard, right? So what's going on with Cole Strange, right? They Isaiah Wynn's in the doghouse getting benched for Kajust, but then he still comes in for Strange when, when Belichick thinks Strange is in, in holding his water there against Colts. And obviously, it did not look good when he was in there. And he's a big reason why uh, Mac is getting sacked, as you were saying earlier. So what's your concern level with the rookie first-round pick? Uh, uh, Cole Strange. I mean, he, we were singing his praises earlier in the year, but what was it? Were we seeing? Were we you know, were we seeing it right? You know, is he really struggling because getting benched back to back games? And you know, when Bill puts Isaiah Wynn in for you at guard, like you know, you know he's <laughs> mad at you, right? Like, so I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, Bill, Bill was willing to take Isaiah Wynn out the doghouse to put him in for Seriously. Cole Strange. Yeah, when that's, that that's never a good thing right there, um, especially considering that Isaiah Wynn is a penalty walking or waiting to happen. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty exactly. crazy. But, but yeah, I'm not – I'm honestly – I'm not concerned with Cole Strange. I, I think Cole Strange is going to be – I think he's going to be a, a very great – a very good player for the Patriots for <clears throat> many years to come. And, you know, he kind of he kind of hit the ground running there early on. I think people got a little spoiled there seeing how – good he was playing early on and you know people were kind of blown away by by him but at the end of the day he's still he's a young developing player and you know you you move on down the line and you get into some of these deeper games against some tough defensive teams you know you, you go up against the Jets and Queen and Williams is over there just blowing him up on every play I mean that that guy's a monster and you know and it's tough for Cole too because you know you're used to David David Andrews is there he's the captain and he's kind of anchoring that entire offensive line he's doing he's communicating with the young guy a lot and the, to not have him there because if you notice think about it when David Andrews when he got hurt and when he left, that's when the struggle started with Cole Strange. So, you know, not having that guy there, you know, not, not having that communication there, I feel like it's big. But, you know, getting David Andrews back in practice, you're hoping, obviously, they get a week off this week and, you know, another uh, another whole other week before they go in against the Jets. You know, you, you hope David Andrews, he should be ready to go. And I expect Cole Strange to step back in there. Obviously, he's going to have another tough matchup against that Jets offensive or Jets defensive line. But I expect Cole Strange to, you know, kind of kind of get back to it and and have a better showing um, from here on out. I'm being the typical Boston sports fan. I'm being, you know, upset, Jordy, that we've won four of the last five. We headed to the bye week <laughs> uh, oh, above 500 and in contention in the AFC East. I mean, the AFC East. We'll talk about it more here coming up. Everybody's separated by one game in the win column now. I mean, it's it's there, it's there. So it's the best division of football. It is, and right the Bills now. and the Bills have some issues, which we'll get into. So, yep. yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. There are some positive uh, defense and special teams. That's a major positive. We're going to hand out some game balls for that group here in the second segment. But first, let's get some fantasy plays from the huddle.com. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week number 10 of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguars at Kansas City Chiefs. Quarterbacks have averaged just over two touchdown passes per game versus the Chiefs in 2022, and Casey has picked off only three passes. Lawrence's opponent has yielded 270 passing yards on average, and six quarterbacks have posted at least 20 PPR points against this defense. Kansas City always can jump out to a big lead, which forces more passing, but even if Jacksonville's defense does a respectable job, the offense will need to throw to keep pace. That alone makes Lawrence serviceable in a pinch. Running back Deontay Foreman, Carolina Panthers at Atlanta Falcons. Foreman had been on a tear for two weeks leading 
leading up to last Sunday, when the Bengals throttled the Panthers in the first half. Negative game script worked against him, and the journeyman was abandoned. He saw only 10 utilizations, 7 carries in total. This week, the incoming Falcons offer a gift of a matchup, and will struggle to contain Carolina's backfield. Look into a possible return for Chuba Hubbard to cut into Foreman's workload, but the latter remains playable as no worse than a flex. Running backs have scored 6 rushing touchdowns in the last 5 games versus the Panthers, coming at the 8th highest rate. Two more touchdowns have come through the air in that time frame. Wide receiver George Pickens, Pittsburgh Steelers versus New Orleans Saints. There's enough upside in playing Pickens this week that he should be at least in the conversation of wide receiver 3. The Steelers return from their bye week having had time to rest and prepare. The Saints have given up 11 performances of at least 10 PPR points on the year, 9 of which were good enough for wide receiver 3 or better placement. 4 non-wide receiver 1s were able to score touchdowns. Pickens has at least 5 targets in 5 of his last 6 games, scoring wide receiver 2 results in a pair of those contests and number 3 figures in a trio of games. Tight end David Njoku, Cleveland Browns at Miami Dolphins. Njoku has missed a couple of games with an ankle injury, but he plans to play this week, so just monitor his status to be safe. The Dolphins have yielded the 6th most catches per game, 5.8, but only the 20th most yardage, just under 50, since week 4. One in every 9.7 receptions has found the end zone in that time to create the 10th highest rate for scoring. Chicago's Cole Komet scored twice last week and became the 6th tight end to manage double-digit PPR returns on the year versus Miami. There should be healthy skepticism about Njoku picking up where he left off following the short absence, but his floor is high enough to warrant a start, even if a touchdown isn't in the cards. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522. 4700 in Colorado. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. And, uh, Jordy, let's give out some game balls to the defense and special teams. We've got to include the special teams because I think Nick Falk has got to be in the conversation. But we've got three game balls to give out. And uh, But first of all, some, some telling stats on Patriots Wire from writer, uh, I hope I get his name right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Michael uh, Braithwaite? That's, that's it. That's it. Okay, so Got him. so Michael wrote about how Indy averaged an historically low 1.9 yards per play. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's what happened in this game. Sam Ellinger throws for 103 yards on 15 passes, uh, and no running back eclipsed 25 yards for the Colts. So that was what we're talking about. That's that's the kind of domination the Patriots had, or incompetence for the Colts, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. So uh, the Patriots defense was insane. And I think number one game ball has to go to Matt Judon, right? I mean, there was not a more disruptive force in this game than Judon. He was ridiculous. And here's the question, not should Matt Judon get a game ball because obviously he should, should he be in the defensive player of the year conversation, right? Is he as good 
as Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett. Like, I think he's in the conversation, Jordy. The one thing that gives me pause with him is like, sometimes I feel like teams can bait him up the field and open up the edge. And we've seen that a little bit, but when he is, you know, playing well and teams are like behind and drop back passing and he can rush. Holy crap. Is he amazing? Do you think he's in the conversation with like Parsons, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett? I mean, Watt's probably not even in the conversation this year because he missed so much time, but defensive player of the year, is he in that conversation? I do. I think he's in that conversation. You know, he's, he's having an amazing year, 11 and a half sacks. I mean, that's just, it's incredible. He's leading the NFL right now. And I mean, we're talking, he's actually, he's on, he's on pace to, He's on pace to break to break into the NFL record for for most sacks in a single season. Now, you know, awesome. I'm not we're, we're not we're not going to go that far. You know, he kind of he kind he kind of piled up there on, on poor Sam Ellinger. Um, but yeah, man, Judon's having an incredible year right now, and he's definitely in that conversation. Um, even when he's not getting to the quarterback, or even when he's not actually getting home and and getting the sacks, he's always put. It seems like he's always. He's always around there, you know, and that's kind of what you want. He's always making the, the pocket just an uncomfortable place. He's always causing chaos and havoc, you know. A lot of the – even some of the other sacks in the game, that you know, he come he came away with three sacks, but he probably caused three more sacks, you know, because he's just – he's one of those players. He's just he's just a disruptive force on the on the defensive front. And you know what? He was, he was really good in, in Baltimore as well. You know, even though the stats didn't necessarily reflect it, and he actually kind of clapped back at a Ravens fan that had tweeted at him, told him, and the Ravens fan had said he said he's he's glad that Judon is good in New England, but he couldn't sack a Cole in Baltimore. Something <laughs> like Judon, that. What and, was the response? I missed this. And, and and Judon responded. Judon basically said, you know, he said he appreciates the Ravens fans too. But he said, you guys just pay attention to the stat sheet. And that basically doesn't tell everything. Yeah. And he's right. I mean, he's absolutely, absolutely right. You know, he's he's a guy that's always kind of pushing a pocket. He's kind of always causing chaos back there. And he's a handful for, for, for any lineman to have to deal with. So, yeah, he's definitely in the, in the conversation of defensive player of the year. If he ends the season with the most sacks, I mean, he might be right there. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I think Ravens fans are just like their head coach kind of obsessed with stats and whatever numbers on the sheet. Like I think John Harbaugh, he's obsessed with whatever the analytics percentage says. Oh, we got to go for it here. He'll do uh-huh. that every single time. The Ravens fans must take after their coach. Uh, yeah. Harbaugh, <laughs> Harbaugh annoys me. Just had to, just had to get that in there, Jordy. I, I will say this. I think, I think Judon's amazing. I'm rooting for him. I think he's definitely in the conversation as well. I agree with everything you just said. I do want to just say this. He's racked up these sacks against Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff, Jacoby Brissett, Zach Wilson, Sam Ellinger, some of these quarterbacks. Like, I want to see it against Josh Allen. I want to see him dominating, you know, against the best quarterbacks before I say, okay, he's definitely defensive player of the year, but he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation. I think he's, I mean, Sam Ellinger and that horrible offensive line of the Colts definitely helped on Sunday. <laughs> let's, let's be honest here, <laughs> right? But I think if he starts doing it against the best offenses, okay, yep. We got something there. All right, so Matt Judon gets our, our first game ball. I'll let you give out the second. Now, I'm including special teams as well in this. Jordy, you give out the second game ball, and then we can have a debate on the final two because I think we both agree there's four guys up for these three balls. For sure. So the the, the second one is, is obvious. It, it has to go to, to to Jonathan Jones. I mean, come on. You you get a you get the special teams um, block right there, and then and then obviously you get the interception. You get the pick six. Yeah. I mean, 
yeah, he had a hell of a game. So there, there's no way you can keep him out of that conversation. Jonathan Jones has just been a revelation, you know, getting moved to the outside corner position where he's he's definitely undersized there, but, man, is he feisty. You know, he just, he just always seems to make plays. Like, what an incredible playmaker for the Patriots um, there. And I just, you know, I was I was kind of writing a piece up for Jack Jones you know, this morning, and I'm just kind of thinking, like, man, like, you know, earlier earlier in the year, you're thinking, like, the Patriots, they're not going to have Stephon Gilmore. They're not going to have, you know, J.C. Jackson in a, in a defensive backfield. And you're just thinking this is just going to be a catastrophe, right? And then you look back and you got, like, Jonathan Jones and Jack Jones and even Jalen Mills, like, these guys are stepping up in, in, that, in that defensive backfield. It's pretty incredible. But, yeah, definitely Jonathan Jones. He has to get a game ball here. I was definitely wrong about the corners. You know, when they when they convinced Malcolm Butler to come out of retirement in the summer, I was panicking. <laughs> I was panicking, Jordy. I was like, what are we doing? But, you know, Belichick was right. He He's usually right with his corners. He knows. You know, he's he can usually – he doesn't need a first-round draft pick at corner. He can figure that thing out. So we, we shouldn't – he could coach those corners up. He always does. So it feels I, I like Malcolm Butler was years ago for some I know, reason. I know, I know. It. He was on the team in training camp, believe it or not. Uh, then I think he retired again or something. I, I, I yeah. forget what happened. Bill was like, hey, uh, Malcolm, the rookies are pretty good. Bye. Uh, anyway, yeah, Jonathan Jones, that's an easy one, right? I mean, he was responsible for 14 of your 26 points. I mean, because you got to give him credit for that easy touchdown the Patriots scored. I don't give that one. I don't give the offense a lot of credit for that one. He set you up for yeah. it. Perfectly timed. Uh, run on that block. I mean, that was just gorgeous. There was. It's weird to see someone run at the punter like that and have no one even look at him. So the timing was so perfect. Jonathan Jones definitely deserves it. And that leaves us with two, I think. I think Josh Uche, who had three sacks in this game, and uh, Nick Folk. Now let's start with Folk, uh, because I know you're, you, love you, you love you some Nick Folk, Jordy, so let's just go there first. Let's break down his resume. He is nine for nine, on field goals and three for three on PATs the last two weeks. So thank God for Nick Folk because he's he's accounted for 30 points for the Patriots in the last two weeks, both wins. <laughs> We've needed Nick Folk. Thank God we have a kicker because we wouldn't score any points without him. Uh, he actually, he hasn't missed anything from inside 40 yards all season. He's 10 for 10 on field goals and 20 for 20 on PATs. I mean, this guy is just automatic. And it's weird because he wasn't really automatic before he came to New England. Uh, what was it, the 2019 season he came in? He wasn't automatic before that. He wasn't like the best kicker in football. He was on the scrap heap. Belichick picked him up, and all of a sudden folks out here were like, oh, here's old man Nick Folk. He's still doing it, and he's kicking over 90% since he's been with the Patriots. I did the math on it. So Nick Folk has been obviously, he he might be, he unfortunately might be your midseason MVP if it's not on deep, if it's not Judon or one of the defensive players. There's no offensive player who's been better than Nick Folk uh at the midseason point for the Patriots. He's been awesome. But Uche, I think, deserves to be in this conversation, too, because he racks up, Jordy, five tackles solo, three sacks, two QB hits, and only 25 snaps. So he still doesn't get the run that we were hoping for, right? In the offseason, we were hearing all this stuff about Uche was going to play inside and outside, right? He was, gonna, he was supposed to get some snaps on the inside. I don't know if that's really happening. It seems like he's still playing situational. Again, I'm not breaking down the film, so I couldn't tell you how many snaps he's running inside and or outside. It feels like he's still outside situational. He played 40% of the snaps in this game, but in 40% of the snaps, he racked up three sacks. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So uh, I think he was one of your uh, winners in your column, right? Uche was. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. he's flashing. Who gets the game ball, though? Uche or Folk? 
I mean, man, you, it's at, tough, first, right? at first I was, yeah, at first I was leaning toward, towards Slick Nick. You know, I'm going to go ahead and give him a nickname there too, since we, we were handing out Sack Jones there. Slick Nick and you know, Sack Jones. That's a perfect, yeah, that's perfect. man. It's like a, it's yeah, like a slick sh- Nick. That could be a show. <laughs> I definitely watch it, man. The guy <laughs> never misses, right? The he's guy awesome. never misses. I mean, I love yeah, him. he's he's been incredible. I mean, he he really has been, and just automatic, and you know, just seems to be hitting everything. If the Patriots, you know, I kind of, I, I hope, I hope we're not jinxing them here by talking them up because we're about to get in the, you know, some the serious stretch of the schedule here, and he might have to actually kick some more field goals if the offense continues to sputter the way that it has. And so at first, at first I was leaning, I was leaning Nick, but Ryan, you kind of, you kind of talked me into Uche here a little bit, you know, with those, you're right. You know, he, he wasn't on the field a lot. He didn't have a whole lot of snaps and the guy's still out here piling up sacks and tackles. It was, it was actually an incredible performance, and Uche deserves this. He really does because he's the guy that earlier in the year we were all talking about. You know, this is this is the breakout candidate for the Patriots. Like Uche is going to he's going to take off, and he's he's going to be that 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 next big that next big stack monster for the team. And yes. you know, he just he kind of never did. He never took off, and you're hoping you're hoping that this is possibly a turnaround game for him because the Patriots. I've been saying it. I said it. A few shows back, you know, the Patriots, they need that ba- – they need the Bash brothers. They need that other Bash brother across from Matt Judon. And I'm talking about – I'm talking about the, the Mighty Ducks Bash brothers. So, <laughs> can Uche be – can he be the Fulton Reed to Matt Judon's Dean Portman? Because one is a party, but two's a freaking fiesta, man. So, they need those two guys that are – that are they're screaming in off of the edges that can really get fits to quarterbacks because the Patriots they're going to they're going to need to lean on their defense heavily if the offense continues to play the way that it's playing. But I'm going to give the game ball to Uche because I feel like this was this was his breakout game. This was his big moment, even though it did come against that pitiful Colts offense with no offensive coordinator and Sam Ellinger at quarter at quarterback. So they're obviously a mess right now. But it was still a great game for Uche. So. That's where I'm going with with my game ball. What a freaking nightmare the Colts are right now. Jeff Saturday's the coach, right? His oh, only gosh. his only coaching experience is in high school, I guess, right? And I mean, it's not hey, like man, he, he won like three games. I know. <laughs> I mean, I know he played center for Peyton Manning, won a Super Bowl, he played a lot of football. I mean, he maybe he'll be fine, but probably not because I mean <laughs> that team looks like a dumpster fire. But yeah, I mean, Uche deserves it. I'm with you. Yeah. Who, uh, so Jordy, he's just dropping nicknames references left and right i can't wait to see what else you got uh we're going to talk about where the pats stand here heading into the second half as they enter the bye week where they stand in the afc east a lot of going on including with the buffalo bills we'll get into that here right after we get some advice from the bet slipping podcast this is the typical sports book minute let's make this interesting Hello everyone, this is Nathan with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Be sure to check us and our sportsbook provider, Tipico Sportsbook, out. Tipico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader and is now live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from our Bet Slippin' Podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply and you have to be 21 plus. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey or 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. All righty, let's move on to Sunday night football. It is the Chargers visiting the 49ers. The Chargers are plus seven, which means they are the underdogs. 
So the Chargers and Herbert are getting healthier. Herbert's ribs are getting healthier, and they are 4-0 on the road this season against the spread, and they are 1-0 as an underdog. The San Francisco pass defense has regressed and ranks 40 or 22nd in opponents' completion percentage. Expect Herbert to have his way and back the Chargers at plus 7. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back in Jordy. The state of the AFC East uh, as the Patriots hit the bye week is kind of interesting, right? It's now the only division in football without one team under 500, right? Every team is above 500. That's not the case even in the NFC. Uh, and the problem for the Pats is that they're last in the division at 5-4, and four, right? The Jets are 6-3. and three. They just beat the Bills. Uh, Buffalo 6-2. and two. And now, like, we're wondering what's going on with Josh Allen. That's a big story. And the Dolphins are 6-3. and three. I don't think they've lost all season with a healthy Tua, right? It, when Tua's been healthy, I don't think the Dolphins they have lost them. all season. Yeah. Yep. So they're a problem, yep. and their roster is just stacked. Obviously, obviously, they made that move for Bradley Chubb and threw a bunch of money at him as well. So, I mean, the Dolphins just have, they're, they're loaded. So this is becoming a really interesting division. Where do you think the Patriots stand, you know, in the division? Never mind the rest of their schedule and the conference and all that. Like, everyone in the division, separated by one game in the win column. Are the Patriots, like, last in this division? Are they, are they fourth as their record states? Or is this thing up for grabs, in your opinion? I, I wouldn't say that the Patriots are – I don't think they're last. Uh, I really don't. I think, I think they're – and I, I know some people might disagree with me. Um, surely Patriots fans won't because they're in the know here. I think the Patriots are better than the New York Jets right now. I mean, they've already they – went, they went into the Jets' home and they beat them at home, you know, with Zach Wilson under center at quarterback there. But, you know, the, the Jets are actually – they're coming to New England in week 11. That's another game I feel like the Patriots can win. So I think the Patriots are a better team than the Jets. I can't I can't say the same about the Buffalo Bills or you know the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, with the Josh Allen injury, that's that's something that you're concerned about. Um, it's a similar injury that you know it's actually the same injury he had during his rookie season as well. And um, when he came back from that injury as a rookie, you know he he threw for eight tu- eight touchdowns and seven interceptions down the stretch. Um, but obviously he. <laughs> He was he was not he's the player that he, he's a different dude. Yeah, that that he is now. Um, yeah, he's a, he's an absolute monster right now. But but at the same time, you do wonder like does that does that take something away? You know, is, is the injury bother him? You know, he kind of so he, he kind of enters the season like he's Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet at the start. But you know, now he's just Thanos. Does that give the Patriots a chance? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I still put the Buffalo Bills at the top of that division. And obviously the Miami Dolphins, they're they're right there behind the Buffalo Bills. They're, they're going to be a problem. I see both of those teams as Super Bowl contenders. Those aren't just playoff contenders. Those teams right there could win it all. And obviously the Jets. Um, I actually I did a piece um, if the season ended today. And, and the Jets, Bills, and, and the Dolphins are all in the playoffs right now if the season ended today and the Patriots are are kind of on the bubble the top team on the bubble actually looking in which is crazy to think that four AFC East teams you know might even have the possibility 
of getting in there. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's I, I think I think it's Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and then Jets. Um, I don't think the Patriots are going to win the win the division, but the obvious goal here is to try to try to stay afloat as much as you can down these tough stretch of games coming up. If you can win enough of them, you might be able to to surprise some people and sneak into the back door of the playoffs. And that's probably the Patriots' best route. Yeah, I forget exactly what Zach Wilson said, but after that game a couple weeks ago when he was standing at the podium, Jordy, in his entire uniform, he hadn't even changed, still in the uniform. <laughs> when you're wearing your uniform at the podium after the game, I, I see you as a crazy person, okay? <laughs> and when Zach Wilson's staring dead-faced into the mic, at, into a question and saying, we're excited to see them again in two weeks or whatever it was, or we're going to see him again or whatever. He said something to the fact that, you know, we're going to get the Patriots next time. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, Oh boy, Belichick lives in your head. Huh? Rent free. He's up there. You're screwed. Hey, sauce, sauce oh. Gardner did it too. Yeah. Did yeah. You that one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I trust sauce more than I do Zach. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think Belichick's living rent free in Zach Wilson's head. And I, I just don't see the Jets coming into Foxborough and winning. I just don't. I think, I think Belichick's <laughs> going to have him coming out of a bye week. Uh, you know, so both teams are on a bye. That'll be fun. We'll get to that game a little bit more next week, obviously. But this is a um, – yeah, I'm with you, though. I'm with you 100%. I think the Patriots are going to be third in the division. I, I think it's pretty clear to say they're behind the Bills and the Dolphins. If Josh Allen misses a lot of time, uh, that does change it, but we can't predict that yeah. yet, right? We can't predict that yet, so we'll have to monitor that. But if, if Case Keenum plays quarterback for the Bills, I will say this. The Bills aren't built like the Patriots now, right? And, and that's probably a better thing for Buffalo. That's why they're a real Super Bowl contender. They're built around Josh Allen. So if Josh Allen is 100%, they could go win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If he's not in the game, though, they're screwed. Uh, with the Patriots... They don't really change much with Bailey Zappi in the, in the game, right? They, it's not a huge drop-off. Now, the Patriots, though, none of us think they're going to win a Super Bowl. That's the difference. When you're built like that, where the quarterback is interchangeable, probably not a great thing. But the Bills are that opposite thing, right? Where Case Keenum, if he has to come in, they're probably screwed. It's going to be a huge drop-off for that team. They're gonna, they don't have a running game. They don't really have much to fall back on. They have a good defense. But they have Josh Allen, right? They have Josh Allen being yep. Superman, and that's how they win. So... If he misses time, man, it, it changes everything. We'll see. It sounds like he's super iffy for this game this week against the Vikings. But it's this, a tough one. But, man, I'm thinking about you looking at the schedule now. we got the Jets coming out of the bye, and then it's like you're not going to get any sleep. I mean, you're going to be up all night. <laughs> we got a Thursday night game against the Vikings. Then we're, uh, we're on another night game against the Buc- that, that's a What is that? Is that Thanksgiving? That's yeah, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, man. Yeah, Thanksgiving yeah. against the Vikings. Then they play another Thursday night against Buffalo. That's weird. Um, yeah, that's a Thursday night, you know, prime, you know, prime video spot. And then you got a Monday night game against Arizona. And then you got another night game in Vegas. So Jordy, you're going to have night games after night game after night game. You're not going to get any sleep. You're going to be up all night on these nights. I mean, what are you going to do, man? It's gonna be a lot of work. I'll be, yeah, I'll be, I'll I'll be watching that Vikings game with a, with a turkey leg and some dressing. (laughs) Exactly. I'll be (laughs) trying to stay awake. I know what's going to happen. I'll be at my dad's house. He's going to have the fire going. We're going to be so full. And I'm going to be like, bro, I got to keep, I got to, guys, no more beers. I got to keep my eyes open here. I got to watch the game. (laughs) It's going to be rough. It'll be fun though. It'll, it, it'll be fun. That's that's actually you know that's that's one of those games. That's one of those big prove it games for the Patriots yeah. as well. You know, coming up and actually actually going into Minnesota and seeing if they can knock off 
see if they can knock off that Vikings team, which, you know, honestly, and this is looking way too far out this advance, I actually think the Patriots match up well against them, especially with Kirk Cousins behind center. If Matt Judon and those boys can get some pressure on them, Kirk Cousins likes to get happy feet back there. So, I mean, they, they might be able to cause some problems. I've seen games where Kirk Cousins struggles to get to 100 yards passing. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. it, I mean, it happens. And the thing with the Vikings, they have weapons all over the place, right? Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, they just traded for TJ Hawkinson. Like, they're loaded. They, uh-huh. have, they have talent. But they're 7-1, and one, Jordy, and their points differential is plus 32. That's really low for a 7-1 and one team. The Bills, at 6-2 and two or whatever they are, are like over 100 points differential between points for and points against. The Vikings are plus 32. It shows you they've won a lot of close games. They're getting it done in the fourth quarter a lot. They might not be a legit 7-1, and one, but still, that's a tough game. Thanksgiving night on the road. Tough one, right? Uh, home yeah. against Buffalo. Tough one. We don't know if Josh Allen will be available, but that's four weeks away, December 1st. So we'll probably see Josh Allen that game, I would imagine. Uh, at Carolina, I mean, uh, at Arizona, sorry, at Vegas, then home against the Bengals. Then you got two more division games to uh, to close out the year, right? Home, Miami, at Buffalo. I mean, how many wins are you seeing in here? This is tough. Ooh. We're five and four. What do we got to get to to get the playoffs? Nine? Do we got to get to 10 yeah. wins? Do we got to get to 10 wins to make the playoffs, Jordy? You might, I mean, you might have to. I, I'm not sure. I mean, you might have to. The, the AFC is pretty tough this year, man. Yeah. Um, and if, if you have to get to 10 wins, it's going to be hard. You know, six of the, six of the next eight opponents um, could be playoff teams. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's it's going it's going to be tough. I can see I can see him beating the Jets. Yep. You know I covered the Vikings um before the before before I started covering the yeah. Patriots and I actually actually predicted them to play this well this year. I thought that they would have an incredible season. Um, they're basically the same team they were last year except they're winning the, these they're winning those those, those really close games this right. time around. Right. But I can see the Patriots winning that game, so that that gets you two. Um, probably not going to beat the Bills. The Arizona Cardinals game could be a trap game with Kyler Murray. We talked about how the Patriots struggle against against um, running quarterbacks. That could be interesting there on the road as well. You know, the the Raiders have been a, an absolute dumpster fire here um, this season. Obviously, in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow behind center, it, that could get interesting yeah. there. Um, Dolphins are tough as always, and then obviously play the Bills again. I don't know, man. It, it would be tough. It would be really tough for the Patriots to get in if they have to win five games. Uh, four games, maybe five games. It would be really tough. Yeah, five out of these eight's tough. Jets at home, I think that one's gettable. Arizona, that one's interesting because you have a coaching advantage, right? Like uh-huh. Kingsbury versus Belichick. Come on. But yeah, but you got to deal with the running quarterback. But Car- I mean, the Cardinal, I keep wanting to call them Carolina. The Cardinals are down. They're down. They're not good. But it's on the road. It is a mobile quarterback. It's a Monday night game. It's coming off a little mini bye week, though. They're going to have a lot of... I like that. That that could be a gettable one. Vegas, I would say yes. The Pats will win that one. But it's when Belichick plays his former protégés, they usually beat him. Like Remember yeah. Patricia beat him with Detroit randomly? McDaniels beat <laughs> him with that me. bad Broncos team me. years ago. Like, what the hell? Mangini would beat him. You know, with the yep. Jets, like oh, there's something with that. So for some reason, McDaniel's will have the will have Vegas like raring to go in that one. You know, like, but I would like to say that's that one's gettable. Can you get one against the Bills? <sighs> that's tough. That's tough. You, you might get, be able to. You might get the one at home. Can you get the one at home? Yeah. Yep. Two, three, four. That's still only four though. Yeah, the it's Bills gonna be tough. Lost to the Jets. 
So that that, that gives you know yeah. it's any give it's any yeah. given Sunday, man. It you is. know we we joked about we joke about Ellinger or whatever last weekend, but man, that's still a big win. I mean, it's, it's any given Sunday, so yeah, you can you can get one off the Bills. I could see him getting to nine wins, and ten would be best case scenario for this team because the offense is just struggling. I mean, if the offense looked better, Jordy, I'd feel a lot better about it. But yeah, I think the I think, defense is a Super Bowl defense. Yeah, I, I think they'll be right on. They'll be on the bubble all the way through this thing. They'll be. I think we'll have some meaning, meaningful football games in December that we'll be watching, but I don't know if they're going to get in the playoffs. It's it's going to be tough. They might have to try to get in with nine wins, but you know it's going it's going to be a really interesting second half, man. Looking forward to it. But uh, you get to take a little time off. It's a bye week, Jordy. What goes on with you during a bye week? Are you are you taking a break? Are you still grinding on Patriots Wire all the time, coming up with different articles? Are you watching some different football? What's what's going on? We watch a Brady in Germany here on on Sunday morning. Get some coffee, coffee and Brady and donuts on Sunday morning. Like what what goes on with you during the bye? I mean, man, we we can't we can't have donuts while we're watching Tom Brady's. <laughs> Obviously, the avocado toast. Oh, geez, you know yeah. maybe some avocado. No, I like my donuts. Sorry, know? sorry, Tom. I yeah, like my bro. donuts. <laughs> but yeah, man, you know I just I plan on plan on kicking back a little bit, enjoying a little family time, and. You know, yeah, man, watching some football, cheering on my fantasy team a little bit. You know, it's, it's kind of hard keeping up with those guys live and when it's happening, when my eyes are solely on the Patriots game. So it'll be fun to kind of watch those games and just and just see how my fantasy lineup is doing. I'm I'm in first place in both leagues right now, so kind of pounding my chest with that right now. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Kick back a little bit. Enjoy some family time. If you're in first, you can't watch that, Jordy. You can't watch. You got, you got to keep your eyes uh, – you got to do something else. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's something's working there. I, I really believe in that. But yeah, no, Jordy, yeah. Good luck. You get to root on the fantasy team. You've been neglecting your fantasy teams, so you get to you get to watch them uh on Sunday. I'm that's good for you, man. That's good. I'm rooting for you too. Uh so, what about you? What about you? Oh man, what am I doing on the bye week? The same. I, I'm doing the same. I'm watching all the games. I kinda watch all the games there anyway. I kinda have the two TVs going, Patriots and Red Zone. So I don't think it'll change too much. I, I'm I'm looking forward to Brady on Sunday morning. I think that'll be fun. Uh, I thought that was a just a, the Bucks needed that. We all needed that. Like Brady needed that. Yeah. He needed that drive against the Rams. The Rams, the Bucks haven't beat the Rams since he got there either in 2020. They so, haven't. Yeah. So he needed that win. The, we need the Bucks to like give us something here. Give us a little bit of a storyline here. I mean, they've been they've been horrible. So uh, I think him going for that game winning drive. Now they play Sunday morning in Germany against Seattle. That'll be a fun one to wake up to on Sunday morning. Looking forward to that. And then. You know, after that, man, it's going to be me trying to watch football, but really chasing my one-year-old around the house who he's now learned how to walk. <laughs> and this week, he's kind of learning how to run. Um, I swear, I saw him run. The dog barked at something outside, like Amazon or something, delivered something. And also, the baby was like, oh, got spooked and ran across the room. And I'm like, okay, we're <laughs> running now. <laughs> he ran right into his room. I'm like, okay, that's that's happening. So, nice. yeah, I've got I've got a one-year-old. Uh, just turned 13 months who, you know, is just arms straight up in the air, mouth wide open, running around the house. So that's that's my life. So, I mean, it's it's watching football and it's chasing him around and making sure. Oh, don't no, nope, don't climb on that. No, nope, don't no, nope, don't do that, bud. So it's chaos. Hey man, man. It, keeps it's you, chaos. it keeps you on your toes, man. It keeps you on your toes. Right. <laughs> who needs a gym when you get to chase a one year old? around? <laughs> There's no gym. There's no gym man, for me. It's uh, <laughs> it's like curling the beers while I'm chasing my kid around. That's what it is. But yeah, it's 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 good family time. So, all right. So for Jordy McElroy, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Make sure you're checking out his stuff on Pat's Wire. It's it's great stuff. They do a great job over there. Uh, and we'll be back, Jordy. Right 
We'll be back. The bye week's not going to keep us down. We'll be back next week to, to talk more Pats football, look ahead to the second half a little bit more, and talk Jets, right? Let's get it, man. Yeah, we'll, we will definitely be back. And um, Sauce Gardner, he said he can't wait. Here we go, right? Let's see what happens. Well, we got something for you, Sauce. We got something for you. We got, two, we got a bye week to prepare for the Jets. That usually works out in Belichick's favor, I hope. I think the Patriots... They got the uh, the coaching advantage against the Jets. It's worked out that way in the past, at least. So. We got Slick Nick. Uh, nothing nothing better than beating the Jets. So that'll be a good way to come back here. Uh, looking forward to it. Everybody, though, enjoy the bye week. Enjoy watching some football. That's not the Patriots. And maybe some better offensive football out there, if you can find it. <laughs> Jordy and I will be back <laughs> to talk Pat's Jets next week. Let's get, let's get it. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.